Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we are in conversation with Thomas Bendit, the managing editor of SB Nation's Big Ten men's basketball-specific blog, BT Powerhouse. As Ohio State fans move the number two football team to not the back burner, but perhaps the side burner for the next few weeks as we await the Fiesta Bowl, many might be starting to pay attention to the number three men's basketball team for the first time this season. So, as they sit at 9-0 with wins over Cincinnati, Villanova, North Carolina, and a 106-74 win over what was a 7-1 Penn State team this past Saturday, the Buckeyes are already exceeding expectations and raising eyebrows around the country. The basketball analytics genius Ken Pomeroy actually has Ohio State as his number one team in the country, ahead of the rest of the top ten, including Louisville, Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, Purdue, which we'll talk about, Kentucky, Maryland, Gonzaga, and Virginia. Thomas and I discussed the start for both Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten, and much, much more. Okay, with all of that now out of the way, here's my conversation with Thomas Bendit. All right, Thomas, so this has obviously been a really exciting first month plus for the basketball season for Ohio State fans. Uh, you and I talked before the season that there was reason to be excited uh, for this basketball season for Buckeye fans, but even I couldn't have been this excited. I couldn't anticipate this kind of start. What have you thought about what you've seen from the Buckeyes in the first four or five weeks of this 2019-2020 basketball season? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I thought Ohio State was underrated a little bit entering the season, but I'm I'm definitely on board with, with you there. I mean, I did not foresee them being a top-five team, let alone they're sitting number one on Ken Palm yeah. at the moment. Uh, not not much to complain about. I mean, blow out Villanova, blow out UNC, uh, beat Cincinnati in the, in the first game, a pretty good Bearcat squad, and I think the thing for me that I've been most impressed with is the team's defense. I mean, just suffocating everybody, it seems like. And I'm I'm guessing it, it's going to regress a little bit just because sure. I don't know if Ohio State can keep up. They're just playing at such an absurd level right now. But they seem like a very, very viable uh, second weekend team, if not third weekend team for March. Um, Big Ten title favorites per every computer rating site out there right now i mean it's it's been very uh great i mean i i don't know how else to describe it so far yeah it's it's been shocking and i think what's interesting about it is is that yes the, the defense has been primarily the most impressive thing that i've seen from this team so far but on the offensive side it has been so well balanced of course caleb wesson is always yeah. going to be the center but he's averaging 14 points a game which is the best of his career, but it's not like he's, you know, dominating. They put up a hundred something points against Penn state. It's not like he's throwing up 30 every night. So the, the offense, especially figuring yeah. in some new guys, whether those are the freshmen or CJ Walker, who's the transfer, it's been really impressive how they've been able to spread around the points across a group that really hasn't played a ton together yet. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that's a, a really interesting point because, you know, a lot of people with the fast start, uh, you know, the critics, I guess, are, are pointing out, you know, well, Ohio State got off to a really good start last year and, and kind of faded down the stretch. But I think one of the reasons, you know, as Ohio State fans, I'm sure are familiar, is 
you know, teams figured out that Ohio State was just so over-reliant on Caleb Wesson last year that once they could sort of, you know, close in on him, that the offense really fell apart, in my opinion, or at least regressed significantly. And this year, you know, as, as you pointed out, there's so many different weapons they're, they're getting production from this year that I don't think like last year when you could focus in just on Wesson, if you do this 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 year, you're, you're going to get beat by, you know, T.J. Carton and, and Walker and, and the backcourt and the, the wings, which I don't think happened last year. And certainly, you know, it, it's going to make them a lot more dangerous when they get into these stretches where, uh, you know, who are you going to game plan for at this point? You know, obviously, Weston's probably the team's best player, but there's more than a, enough guys to, to carry them if, if he's having an off night. Yeah, and a lot of that production is coming from behind the three-point arc, which I did not anticipate so far this season. They are leading the Big Ten, hitting over 41% of their shots from deep. And the closest is Michigan, who is below 40%. So they've got a a point and a quarter or something uh, lead on Michigan, which, based off what we saw last year, is quite a shock. A lot of that is coming from Dwayne Washington Jr., who had streaks of being able to hit from distance in the 2018-2019 season. But he's been incredibly consistent this season. He's been reliable, and it looks like he's really made a step forward to be able to really establish an inside-outside game with Caleb Wesson, and then you throw in Kyle Young. He's obviously not the only one who's shooting threes, um, but having somebody who is reliable from that from from that distance really helps to open things up inside for Caleb and and when Caleb's the one shooting threes for Kyle Young as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy you brought up Kyle Young. I knew, I knew there was somebody I, I was thinking of that I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I loved Kyle Young as, as a prospect, you know, recruited by every Midwest power out there. And he, he has really reeked to me of, of one of those players where he, he's good at everything, but he wasn't really great at any one thing, you know, his first couple of years. And now he's hit the point where, you know, that diversity has, has reached a level where he, he's a great player because he can do so many different things. And, you know, it, it's really exciting to, to sort of see him blossom and, and actually be able to, to contribute out there. I know he played before, but certainly at a different level so far this year. But, yeah, I mean, do I expect the three-point shooting to, to keep up at this ridiculous level? Probably not. Sure. But obviously, you know, Watt has been great. And, you know, if they can even keep – come anywhere close to this moving forward with that defense I mean they're going to be so tough to beat so tough to match up with because again are you going to sell out on the three-point line and and give up things inside the Weston I I don't know I mean there are going to be some defensive teams uh you know Michigan's a a pretty good defensive unit maybe in the NCAA tournament if they come across somebody like Virginia or or something but otherwise I mean uh, you know one of the the powers coming into the season, you know, Michigan State was picked by everybody to win the Big Ten. And right now, I, you know, I, I don't think their defense would have a chance at stopping this Ohio State attack. Uh, still early, you know, we've got a long, a long ways to go, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's gotta be exciting for Buckeye fans. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of folks are holding their breath because it is still early. This is such a marathon <laughs> of a college basketball season that, nine games in uh it's been great but don't want to get your hopes up too high but i think for a lot of folks the <laughs> back-to-back of north carolina and then penn state which that was a trendy upset pick there yeah. even people on the ohio state beat who are calling for that upset and for ohio state to do what they did to penn state especially in the second half was uh, mind-boggling and eye-opening but um 
I didn't expect that. But you mentioned Virginia just kind of offhandedly talking about them being such a great defensive team. We saw them match up with a Big Ten team last week, and and Purdue made very short work um, of Virginia. Like you said, everyone kind of expected Michigan State to not only contend for a Big Ten title, but for a national title. Um, but Purdue seems to be another team like Maryland, who had a scare this weekend against Illinois. But Purdue is 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 kind of like in the same boat as Ohio State. We're picked to be pretty good in the conference, but might be the cream of the crop this season. Yeah, I, I think the Boilermakers are, they've slid a bit under the radar. They let a couple games slip away early in the season, but against quality opponents, Texas, Marquette, and those were games that Purdue was in control of almost the entire time, and they just let it slip away in, in the last couple of minutes. But the thing about the Boilermakers that I, I think people should keep an eye on is their Big Ten schedule is very, very favorable. They only have a, uh, one single plays with Ohio State, with Maryland and I, I believe Michigan State, so three of the you know top four or five teams in the Big Ten, they only play three times, uh, which which I think is a very very favorable draw for Purdue. Um, and frankly, if, if Ohio State you know suffers an upset here or there, or um, you know Maryland, another top contender, gets upset, you know they almost lost to Illinois on Saturday, so it seems possible yeah. uh, Purdue could slide in with just winning. You know, a, a couple of those top tier elite games, uh, just by nature of the schedule. So something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, at, at this point, I don't know. I, I did my power rankings on Monday. Purdue was not second, but the schedule sets up for them very well, especially considering that they've been so good at home. So that's going to be a tough place to play all year. And for Ohio State fans already looking ahead sort of to the Big Ten title race, uh, Purdue is definitely a, a team to keep the, their eyes on. Yeah, Ohio State uh, doesn't play Purdue until mid-February. They play them uh, on February fifteenth, so uh, that's towards okay. the end of the uh, of the regular season. So it could be a very interesting game down the stretch. Um, Ohio State will be, uh, you know, very well congealed by then with all of these freshmen if they are able to kind of bring things together a little bit more. It'll be interesting to see those two teams at the top of their powers in mid-February. We mentioned briefly about Caleb Wesson, and if you've watched any games so far of Ohio State, you know that every single announced team has talked about how much weight Caleb Wesson has lost, and that's something that you and I actually talked about preseason on your podcast. I, I know we, we've actually talked about this as Ohio State fans every year that Caleb Wesson has been here, but I've been really impressed <laughs> that it's finally actually happened. And I, I think you and I talked about the fact that like he's had some really bad luck with injuries and illness before the season that's kind of derailed this. But not only has he yeah. lost that weight and kept it off, but it's actually helped in the ways that we thought it would. He's playing more minutes. He's not fouling as much. He's much more athletic down on the block. Um, and that really is a huge difference where you think, okay, you've got Caleb Wesson back, but he's actually more than Caleb Wesson has ever been in his first two seasons in Columbus. Certainly, yeah. And, and that's one of the things I, I think a lot of people, you know, the typical preseason evaluations analysis, it's normally – okay, what was the team last year? Who do they gain? Who do they lose? But a lot of people forget, you know, the players that are on the team can improve over the offseason. <laughs> you know, it, it does happen once in a while. Uh, and, and Caleb Wesson, you know, he, he went to work all the year. And, I, you know, I hate to keep harking back to, to last season. You know, I, I know the, the finish wasn't what Ohio State fans were hoping for, but 
Yeah, a, a big part of it, you know, he when he was off the court, Ohio State's offense just really screeched to a, a halt. And he's such a good passer. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that's underrated about his game is his ability to find open guys. Yeah, absolutely. The offense as a big as a big man, which is rare, and to stay out there, you know, not fouling as much, being able to have the conditioning to play more minutes. Uh, that's that's huge for this team and. You know, when you get into that grind of the Big Ten slate, you know, when you, you have that random road game at Iowa on a Thursday or, or the quick turnaround on a Sunday, that, that type of thing, that's, I think, where this conditioning is really going to add up, where uh, it's going to be an advantage, I, I think, for the Buckeyes to have a Wesson on the floor uh, a lot more here when they get to those pivotal stretches where they're playing, uh, you know, there's no back-to-backs uh, in Big Ten regular season play, but those compressed games where they, they have a tough stretch. Yeah, it's not like a few years ago when they compressed the Big Ten schedule so that they could play the Big Ten tournament at Madison Square Garden a week early where they were having three games in a week or anything. So a little spread yeah, out, but yeah. still, the Big Ten schedule is always brutal. But uh, coming into the season, I know you were really excited to see what freshman guard DJ Carton could do. I know you were really high on him. Um, he's currently third on the team in points, averaging 9.9 a game. He's second on the team in assists at just under three assists per game. What have you seen from him and, and the other freshmen, um, EJ Liddell, even Alonzo Gaffney, who hasn't played a ton, or even Ibrahima Diallo, but especially DJ Carton, who really has made a big splash. What have you seen from him, and, and do you think that this is his ceiling as a freshman, or do you think that he has some more room to progress through the course of this campaign? Oh, I, I definitely think he ha- he has more room to progress. I, I think the really nice thing that he has is, you know, playing with so much depth, you know, playing with a guy like Walker in, in the backcourt where, you know, Ohio State can survive stretches, you know, with, without Carton really carrying the load, which I think is a really good place to be with a freshman because, you know, for, for people, obviously, you know, you follow the Big Ten for years. I'm sure a lot of your listeners do there's going to be a point where he's going to hit a wall and he's going to have three or four bad games yeah, in a row. Absolutely. It happens to every freshman other than, you know, maybe D'Angelo Russell, I guess, might be the exception. But yeah. uh, everybody else, you know, they're going to hit a wall. And the nice thing is, you know, with Ohio State, they have just so many guys around him that I think he's going to be able to get through that on the other side. And, you know, obviously, if if, if he can get through that and continue to grow uh, – I, I think the, the sky's the limit for him. I, I, I loved him, you know, as you, you talked about before the season coming in. Um, I, I think if it weren't for maybe Jackson Davis at Indiana, uh, he, he might be getting Big Ten freshman of the year hype already. Uh, so it, it's going to be fun to watch him over, over the next couple of months. And certainly, you know, if, if he can get on a tear going into March, you know, Ohio State's going to be really tough to beat. Yeah, he has – he's, he's... – playing 21.7 minutes a game where CJ Walker's playing 22.9. So they found a way to really balance out the, the amount of playing time for both point guards. And a lot of time they're on the floor together too. So they've, they found a way to balance it so that they don't need to rely on just one of them. Um, and they're both getting the most out of it and they've both played well so far, but, uh, okay. So that's a lot of talk about Ohio state, which is awesome. And I'm happy to talk more about it, but you are an expert on all things Big Ten, so I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about what else um, we are seeing uh, across the Big Ten. We mentioned uh, Michigan State kind of underachieving. Another team that has significantly overachieved so far and shocked 
everybody across the country is their in-state foe, Michigan. They went from being unranked to being a top five team, then to lose their first game being ranked. It's been a really roller coaster season uh, under the new leadership in Ann Arbor. So for Ohio State fans who are just kind of now rounding into basketball shape now that football's taking a three-week break, sure. what do we need to know about that team up north in terms of basketball? Yeah, I, I mean, Michigan, a lot. The the coach on the sideline is going to be a new face, obviously, uh, with Juwan Howard replacing John Beeline this offseason. But a lot of the faces on the court, I, I think, are going to be relatively familiar to Ohio State fans. Uh, Xavier Simpson, they're frankly, I, I think their best player, their team leader. Uh, he's back at point guard. Isaiah Livers is, is the main guy on the wing to watch. Uh, he He's kind of done what Caleb Wesson did this offseason. You know, slimmed down, lost some weight, has really improved his game, uh, shooting very, very well from three-point range. Um, and then down low, John Teske, uh, who I believe is from the state of Ohio, so something, I guess, for the Ohio State okay. to, to watch on. Good to but, know. Uh, but the big man, seven-footer, seven uh, great, great defender. And, and really, Michigan so far, it's been, you know, that core, which carried over from last year, they, they all three played a ton of minutes on last year's team that won 30 games and made the Sweet 16. Uh, but a couple new faces, Franz Wagner. I'm sure Ohio State fans will remember uh, Mo Wagner a couple years ago mm-hmm. helped Michigan make the, the national title game before he went to the NBA. His younger brother is now on campus uh, from Germany. He's a true freshman. Uh, he was injured early in the year, but he's back now. Uh, yeah, but Michigan, really, really good defensive team. Like Ohio State, I, I think they're playing a little above their head offensively so far. I, I think they'll come down to earth a little bit. And I think the question, obviously, is, is how far. But um, certainly have, have overachieved so far. I, I know a lot of people like myself, I thought they were going to be more in that bubble range, maybe fringe uh, top 25. And at this point, I, you know, you, you can't rank 10 teams that have a better resume them so far so it, it should be interesting to watch Michigan in the in the weeks going forward but like I said a, a lot of the familiar faces uh Simpson Teske and Livers are, are the main guys to watch hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price Priceline Michigan is currently ranked fifth in the AP poll that came out on Monday. Ohio State is third. In between them is Maryland, who we've mentioned briefly uh, earlier in this uh, conversation. They have been flying high, were even as high as maybe number two, um, or they were size number three, I think. And then they had to have a 15-point comeback. They were down 15 at halftime at home to Illinois this week, and they came back and ended up winning by one. Um, What's going on with the Terps? Uh, Was that just a... Uh, you know, a blip on the radar, or is this something that might have foreshown some potential issues coming their way down the stretch? Yeah, Maryland's had a, a little bit of an unusual start to the season, and what I mean by that is it's rare. They're ten and zero for the first time, I believe, since like nineteen ninety nine, which is obviously uh you know great for for Turp fans, but 
they haven't really played a, a top-tier opponent so far. Their only game against, a, to me, a legitimate top-25 type of team was Marquette a, a few weeks back, who they beat on a, a neutral court, court excuse me, pretty easily. But otherwise, they, they played a lot of those teams in the, the 50 to 100 range on Ken Palm. They played Notre Dame, who's... Uh, We'll see if, if they're going to be a tournament team at this point. I, I kind of doubt it, but who knows. Um, and then the Illinois game. Yeah, they got off to a horrendous start. Illinois, with that, that fast-paced offense, was able to, to get things rolling. Um, and But they came back, which I, I think speaks volumes. You know, in years past, Maryland a lot of times would, would let those games slip away. So I think they're a, a really good team. Do I think they're a top-five team? Probably not. I, I think they're probably more in that. 8 to 15 range or so, but they're they're a relatively young team. Anthony Cowan is, is the point guard. Uh, he's played there, I believe, yeah, I think he's a senior, so uh, played a ton of minutes for the Terps. Jalen Smith, the, the big man up front, back after a, a really good campaign last year. So immensely talented, insanely long athletic team, um, but their offense kind of gets really, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it slow pace, but it, it, it does grind to a halt sometimes. Um, they rely a lot on ISO, stuff like that, uh, it seems like, in, in the money stretches of games. So uh, they're a team that I, I think Ohio State's defense will actually match up pretty well uh, against them. But the okay, athleticism good. and the length are, are, yeah, are going to give teams <laughs> problems. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think they're a good team. I think they'll certainly make the tournament and, and be in there in discussion for the second weekend. Uh, but at this point, like I said, I, I think they're a, a little too high in the top five, but we'll see. So we've got Ohio State at three, Maryland at four, Michigan at five. Then we talked about Michigan State earlier there at 16. That's the last Big Ten team that's ranked. But one of the first teams that is also receiving votes is the team who I think a lot of Ohio State basketball fans would consider the Buckeyes rival. Of course, Michigan's always going to be a rival in anything, but in terms of specifically men's basketball, the Indiana Hoosiers are often considered Ohio State's rival. They are 8-1, and one, but as you look at their schedule, it sounds very similar to what Maryland's had where they really haven't played anybody. Yeah. Last week, they had a, a big win over a, a ranked Florida State team, but then they turned around a few days later and got beat by 20 by Wisconsin. Are these Hoosiers anything to keep an eye on for Buckeye fans, especially considering they're a, a traditional rival? Or is this somebody who, as they start to play more competent teams, they'll kind of fall back to the middle of the pack in the Big Ten? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Indiana is significantly improved over the first couple of years of Archie Miller's tenure there in Bloomington. However, with that said, uh, Miller has yet to take them to the NCAA tournament. So take that with, with yeah. a massive grain of salt. Um, and there's a however, lot of people, and there's no, they, a lot, there's a lot of Buckeye fans who, if you would have asked them a few seasons ago, would have preferred having Archie Miller over Chris Holtman. <laughs> I don't think there are very many of those people left. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it, it's a little surprising. Uh, you know, Archie Miller came in doing so well at Dayton, and really just he's underachieved. I mean, there's there's really no way to uh, put it other than that uh, at Indiana. But yeah, I mean, they have talent. Uh, Jackson Davis, as I mentioned, arguably, I believe he was the highest rated uh, Big Ten freshman coming in this season. He's been great, has lived up to the hype. Uh, to me, he's the front runner for Big, Big Ten freshman of the year at this point. Long way to go, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast. But 
I don't I don't think they're as good as their record indicates so far. And particularly, I think this is a team that when they face those those better defensive units, the shooting to me is still suspect. Uh, and they're going to rely a lot on uh, Green to score in the backcourt. Who, you know, if if you have a good defensive guard, I I think you'll be able to slow him down. You know, teams like Michigan, Ohio State, uh, maybe well, yeah, maybe Purdue come to mind uh, that that could slow him down a little bit. But I think they're a good team. I think they're definitely on the right side of the bubble as things sit today, and I think they will be on Selection Sunday, but. I don't think they're a viable Big Ten title contender or anything on that level. Uh, but I, I, I do think they'll make the, the big dance, and Archie Miller will finally get him there. And, you know, we'll see. He, he had some magic at Dayton, so maybe he can uh, <laughs> carry that magic over to Bloomington. Yeah, I'll be fine if he doesn't. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'll be, I'll be fine <laughs> if he doesn't. But, um, okay, <laughs> yeah, so let's so let's wrap this up. You, you mentioned earlier your weekly power rankings, and obviously that kind of takes the temperature of where things are currently. But you have Ohio State number one, Michigan two, Maryland three, then you have Purdue at four, um, then Penn State at five, and Michigan State at six. Those are most of the teams that we've talked about thus far. That is where yeah. you see things now. Spinning this forward to maybe, let's say, the end of the regular season, where do you see that group and maybe somebody else mixing in as they start to seed teams for the Big Ten tournament and then potentially for the NCAA tournament as well? Do you think that those will still be the group? Who, who do you think will be fighting for that spot along with Ohio State, I assume, because you you mentioned them earlier? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what what's interesting is you know, as, as you've said, you know, plenty of we've discussed so far, it's very early in the season, but this really does feel like one of those years where there's four or five teams in the Big Ten and then there's a significant drop uh, behind them. You know, I, I think Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue are all top-end teams. I think, frankly, all those teams are more than capable of, you know, making the Elite Eight Final Four if they get hot in March, uh, which is really exciting for the Big Ten because, I mean, Again, you never know what's going to happen in March, but this really does feel like the best shot the Big Ten's had at breaking that uh, national title drought, which you know the Big Ten hasn't won since 2000. So uh, a long you know, time. Five teams that I think, yeah, five teams I think that are very capable of making a run. And the other beautiful thing is it doesn't feel like there's one of those. Uh, maybe Ohio State fans disagree. I guess they've been off to such a good start, but it doesn't feel like there's one of those all-time great teams this year that. It's just going to overwhelm opponents in March, uh, which I think is exciting for the Big Ten. But outside of those top fives, uh, or excuse me, top five teams in the Big Ten, uh, teams to keep an eye on, I, I think, moving forward. You know, Penn State, they're in the top 25 on Ken Palm. Obviously, Ohio State had their way with them last weekend, but they're a team the computers like a lot. Frankly, I, I, I think they're probably a little bit overrated on the, the computer sites, but you know, they, they got talent. Lamar Stevens is a, is a great player. They yeah, got experience. Absolutely. We'll see what they can do. You know, Pat Chambers has struggled in, in years past to finish, but, uh, they're a team to keep an eye on. And, and Wisconsin, I think is, although they're, they've been mediocre so far in terms of overall record, uh, so good at home, so dangerous. Uh, they could be a, a spoiler for a lot of teams as we move into the winter, but this does feel like one of those years though, where there are five teams that are just great. Uh, to elite, and then there's everybody else. So we'll see, but that, that's kind of how I see it as of now. 
Yeah, that win over Penn State for Ohio State felt really good because they, I think it was, they, they beat Ohio State three times two seasons ago when Ohio State had uh, Kata Bates-Diop yep. and was really good. So getting that win in the way that they did by, I don't know, I think they won by 75 or something, I don't know. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it, it was a lot, but that felt good. But, you know, you mentioned the fact that maybe Ohio State fans think that this could be, you know, an all-time great team. And, and I don't know that I think, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I don't think I feel that for me. But what I do feel is that this could yeah. be one of the teams that Ohio State fans remember lovingly forever, no matter what happens. The way that this team plays, the 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 way the the way that um, the team is coached, uh, and and what they've been able to do in some pretty big things, um, that makes a, a really enjoyable uh, team to watch. So, will they continue to to beat? everybody by 25 points who knows but it, it's 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 been a lot of fun and i think that's going to be something that fans will enjoy this season uh, and remember for a long long time to come certainly certainly can't argue there yeah well thomas thank you so much um we will of course have all of the uh social information uh, social media information and links for you and for bt powerhouse uh, and i appreciate you taking the time and hopefully we'll catch up again as we get closer to the Big Ten uh, season starting in in earnest and even into the postseason. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. Also, thanks, of course, to Thomas Bendit. You can follow him on Twitter at T-B-E-I-N-D-I-T and his site, BT Powerhouse, at, well, BT Powerhouse. We will have that information in the show notes and in the accompanying article on Land Grant Holy Land. If you are finding this podcast on Land Grant Holy Land, don't forget to go to your favorite podcasting app and subscribe so that you get all of the Land Grant Holy Land audio goodness. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWWMATT. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon, and go Bucks.